everyone. Welcome to our session on the value of benefits is changing. It's time for a total rewards renaissance. I'm Kate Van Holzen, and I lead Fidelity Workplace Consulting's human capital segment. One of the things I love most about my job is helping clients create amazing employee experiences. And I hope today you get a few tips and ideas that will help you do just that when you go back home. And with me today is Andy. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Andy Welts, and I run the Broad-Based Rewards Consulting Practice here as a part of Fidelity's Workplace Consulting Business Unit. Like Kate, um, I love what I do, and certainly a big part of that is working with my colleagues and clients uh, to come up with creative and innovative solutions to help them leverage their rewards programs to the most effective way for recruitment and retention. Thanks, Andy. So I'd like all of you to sit back for a moment and imagine a time when the world was sharply divided between the haves and the have-nots, when leaders jockeyed on the world stage for power and prestige, when climate change brought drought and famine, when a plague took lives and disrupted supply chains, when only the privileged few had access to benefits like childcare, and when pay equity was only a pipe dream. Now, I'm talking about the Middle Ages in Europe, but it sounds pretty similar to what some of us have been experiencing today, right? Those of you who are fans of history and the humanities might remember that the European Middle Ages were followed by a period of amazing growth. And in part, this was sparked by the rediscovery of ancient Greek philosophy and other texts and the desire to surpass the accomplishments of ancient civilizations. But there was a technological innovation that had a lot to do with change as well. Johannes Gutenberg invented the movable type printing press, and this machine was a wonder. It fostered the democratization of information and knowledge sharing across Europe and really put knowledge in the hands of common people for the first time. The Renaissance put human beings, humankind in the center of the story. And people at the time explored what it means to truly be human in art, in science, in philosophy, and in poetry. Now fast forward to today, it might feel like we're experiencing our own middle ages. Andy's gonna share a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks, Kate. You know, if you fast forward to today, there are a lot of similarities and parallels uh, to what Kate just described as kind of the environment and the situation in which we were all existing. Even before the pandemic uh, over the last few years, employees, frankly, were already feeling stressed. And if anything, um, what's happened over the last few years has increased that stress level in many areas uh, that we'll discuss. One of the challenges um, that we've dealt with um, is uh, basic financial literacy. Um, from a recent survey, two thirds, we found two thirds of US adults lack basic financial literacy, fundamental understanding of financial aspects of how they can manage their lives. This is a significant issue and concern because it impacts those individuals, those employees and their ability to make the right decisions about their own financial wellness. 
an ongoing issue that we're all familiar with is the challenge that women are earning less than men for doing similar work. More likely than not, more likely than men, they are likely to take a break from their job for personal or family reasons. And this negatively impacts their overall career. And in addition, women also need to consider the implications of their savings, because more likely than not, they need to think about the financial, their financial security over a longer retirement period. In addition to financial wellness, employees are feeling stressed about their overall well-being. Eight out of 10 employees uh, feel burned out at work and, and the challenges of balancing their work and their personal lives. Only 36% of employees say their work lives are excellent or very good, which of course leaves a significant group of employees that have a less than satisfying feeling about the work and their relationship with their employer. Other challenges that companies are dealing with and impact employees and include shortage of, of staff, um, employees having to do the work of one or two people, uh, the feeling of unfair treatment as a result of that um, on the part of the employees. That trickles down to employee sentiment around management and leadership. Um, and all these things combined definitely have a negative impact on overall employee well-being. We did a study uh, here at Fidelity. We did a study of, of 401k uh, participants. And uh, these uh, examples of, of hardship that we've just been talking about are certainly driving employees to reevaluate and reprioritize their work and life paradigm in its entirety. Um, it, they're looking at all facets, facets of it combined. They want something different today. Uh, and uh, it's something different than what they've received in the past. Uh, from our research, 21% uh, of uh, the employees surveyed um, are considering looking for a new job um, at a different company. Um, and 17% have already taken action in the past year. And that action could be uh, that they're um, going to look for a job, they've started a new job, um, or they want to um, start the process of, of evaluating other opportunities outside of their current employer. So that's 33% of employees, a good third of the employees in this survey have at least considered making a change in the past year. It's a significant number. It's something that we're all aware of. We're familiar with the great resignation. Just in March, the, the data came out that, that another 4.4 million workers in the U.S. Um, left their jobs um, and, and, and quit. And so this, that trend is, is not easing up uh, for us, un, unfortunately. Employees really want something different. So when we say you know, that, that they're looking for something, a new experience, what are some of the factors behind that? And again, from our research, what we found is that pay continues to be a significant driver. 27% um, are looking for uh, higher levels of, of pay, uh, probably more aligned to the fact that they feel like they're working harder, right? And so what they're looking for is that balance. Uh, between um, what they see as their input and the effort that they're doing in their job and what they're receiving in terms of actual core pay uh, compensation. 23% are looking for more purpose-driven work. So those things that are tied to more of the intrinsic elements of, of their experience, um, elements related to company culture, uh, the leadership, uh, the work environment. 19% um, are, are 
um, really focused on a breakdown in the employer relationship. Again, that lack of engagement, that, that lack of feeling of connection that perhaps they've had in the past. And so if you combine those two together, that's a full 42% of employees are um, their behavior and what they're thinking is being driven by, by cultural aspects or, or well-being aspects of, of um, what they're looking for. And then another third, they're just interested in sort of dipping their toe in the water. Let's see what else is out there, right? Um, the, the idea of, of risk of changing job um, that may have existed in the past, don't feel that's there today. So employees are more willing to, to see what else is out there and, and take a chance than perhaps what they had in the past. Yeah, and, and what we're seeing too is that employees are really prioritizing their well-being. And this is particularly true since the beginning of the pandemic. So our research shows that 72%, one out of seven employees say they have a different outlook on work-life balance. They're reprioritizing their work and their lives. 65% um, say those priorities have really shifted. 60% are more focused on their mental health. You know, Andy talked about the burnout that people are experiencing. Uh, people are, are tired. They're feeling stressed, stretched, and they need help. Some of the, the quotes on the right really are representative of what people are experiencing. One woman in our study said, you know, life is just too short not to be happy and fulfilled. She looked for another job and found one. Uh, a man said, I feel burnt out, wasted, washed out, not very positive overall. I thought perhaps a new job might light a fire under me again. He's looking for purposeful, meaningful work, um, wants to feel supported in his organization. And, and I think that's really representative of what a lot of people are feeling and experiencing right now. We're really seeing that employees are on the brink. And in particular, the ones that you need to be worried about are those that are shown in red on this, on this table. Um, they are the employees who want to leave, who are looking to leave your organization, but who are still with your organization. And I say your, of course, this is um, representative of, of all the, the organizations that participate, participated in our survey, but I think it's representative of what you might be experiencing in your organization. So take a look at these numbers. You can see that those who want to leave and are still with their companies have low, lowest scores across all of the total well-being metrics. So financial wellness is poor, poor health, their work scores are at the bottom of the chart, 16%. Um, you're, that's a, a, looking at engagement and job satisfaction and feeling of fulfillment and feeling supported at work. Very, very low scores. And life, too. They have the lowest scores. These are your employees who are the biggest strain on your organization. They're still with you, but they want to go. They are the least satisfied. They are the least productive. They are the least healthy. And you think about the impact that they can be having on the rest of your organization, it's really pretty severe. So it's really time for a change. So given all that we've looked at, all of those really hard-hitting um, stats that we've shared with you, we believe this is the time for a total rewards renaissance. It's time to really rethink what we're offering to employees, what's the experience that we're giving to them? How can we put humankind back in the center of the story? How can we create better outcomes for all? So I'll turn it back over to our Renaissance man, Andy Welk, to help us learn how to do that. 
You're, you're so right, Kate, about um, the, the need to sort of rethink, reevaluate, sort of break down our, our old models and ways of thinking. And um, I think we'll all agree that, that there's a new world of, of work, right? Uh, there's, there's lots of things that are influencing that. So we've talked about some others, things like gig economy, gig work, um, increased globalization, um, ongoing challenges uh, of just maintaining uh, uh, keeping up with what's happening from a legislative or compliance perspective, basic core recruitment and retention, um, all of these things that we've been talking about, um, macro level trends um, are factored into the blueprint that, that we uh, at Workplace uh, Consulting call the new frontier. And it's really the, the foundation upon which we look at the total rewards renaissance as it relates to designing, implementing, communicating, um, those experiences in which we want our employees to thrive, to address some of these challenges and close some of those gaps that we're talking about. You know, the first uh, pillar or first element to it is, is one that we feel is um, really core foundational now. It's, it's promoting diversity and inclusion and really evaluating your, your current plan design from a total rewards perspective, all the elements of total rewards. Um, to evaluate them against the lens of inclusion. Um, the second pillar um, is, is related to overall um, well-being and, and expanding well-being. We've talked a lot about that, Kate and I already, about the factors of, of well-being and how that's really a driver of employee behavior. So what kind of programs um, uh, do you have now that could be uh, augmented or are there gaps in, in programs that perhaps you're not offering that really can help promote um, uh, total well-being for the employee and help with that sense of security, right? Which is which is a gap that employees you know, don't feel they have enough of right now. The third pillar, pillar uh, one that I'm most passionate about, is is uh, related to communications and delivering virtually, right? And so um, even before we we got into the virtual world of work over the last few years, um, the companies were already looking at uh, new and different ways to deliver um, not only the, the, the content in different ways, but how that information was actually delivered virtually using different forms of media, um, moving away from kind of a one-size-fits-all approach to, to communications. And the fourth um, is uh, managing uh, cost and risk. Right? There, there's, there's always the elements of um, cost and um, cost optimization. And what are the tools that can be leveraged? Uh, what can we provide uh, to support better overall individual decision-making? So cost and risk, obviously that's on the employer side as it relates to the types of programs that they're funding and implementing, but also on the employee side, right? And so there's an absolute view here that we need to consider balancing the scales between both interests. So the work environment, basically today is, is pushing us all uh, to get more creative uh, and innovative as a part of this rewards renaissance. From uh, research that we did, uh, one of the interesting things that we found is that employers tend to value certain benefits, uh, benefit programs or elements um, that, are, that are offered by their peers. Uh, there, there's kind of this, you know, looking over the fence uh, approach that goes on, uh, a following approach, right? So if uh, companies that, that you compete against for talent are doing something, you want to do it too. Um, and so what these end up being essentially are like table stakes, right? They're the, the core foundational things, basic things that, that you need to have 
uh, as a part of your overall plan design and offering. So those would be things like your health plan or your DC plan or, or um, things related to, to time off from work, either for, for, for sick leave or parental leave, any kind of, any kind of PTO. Those, those seem to be um, table stakes, and we call them that because what we found and as part of this research is that they don't really drive the desired behaviors that you're looking for from your workforce, right? These, these are uh, not the top predictors of the desired behavior and the outcomes that you're looking for, like attraction, retention, recruitment. A lot of those things, those differentiators are actually down in, in the lower left, things like daycare, ESPP programs, EAP programs, tuition reimbursement is, is a huge topic of discussion. A lot of companies are really evaluating those types of programs, again, with the hook to the financial wellness that we were talking about. So again, thinking about things as an array, right, as an, an entire toolkit, um, and, and what of those things in your toolkit are really going to drive those outcomes that you're looking for from an employee perspective. So how would you rank um, these priorities in your organization? There's four key outcomes, attraction of new employees, retention of current employees, supporting higher presenteeism, and fostering overall employee well-being uh, and workplace wellness. Uh, ranking those uh, in order of importance. Um, so let's take a quick poll to do that. All right, thank you, Andy. So. Andy mentioned this research that we've done, and one of the things that is really interesting that we found is that some of the benefits that you may not value too much in your organization, you think that's not, not a, a huge priority for us, might be some of the benefits that actually can drive the workplace or workforce outcomes that you are most looking for. So in our value of benefits study, we did some um, analysis to determine which are the benefits that are the best predictors of specific outcomes or specific behavior. So I'm going to walk you through what we found. If your top priority is attracting new talent, it may surprise you to find out that dental insurance is pretty important. It was actually the number one um, predictor of you know, driving new employees to come to your organization. So um, huge, huge impact there. Tuition reimbursement is also important. It, it, it's an, an indicator or a reflection of the value that you place on employee growth and development. Um, it's a strong attractor. Meditation, remember we talked about employee burnout, what people are experiencing, meditation benefits are a strong attractor. Even things like fitness reimbursement and umbrella liability are important. And offering just one of these benefits is linked to an eight percentage point increase in attraction rates. So really uh, revealing. If your top objective is to retain talent, then these are the benefits in the middle that you need to focus on. Things like paid parental leave, paid time off, sick leave that's paid for, retiree medical, and paid maternity leave. You can see a trend here. It's all about flexibility. And offering three or more of these benefits is linked to a 10 percentage point increase in retention rates. If your top goal is presenteeism, then offering PTO, long-term care insurance, 
student debt employer contributions, volunteer days, and financial wellness programs are, are critical. And offering just one of these um, can drive better presenteeism of one and a half days, more, more time on the job. So again, it comes down to supporting employees, giving them the time off that they need, supporting their, their financial wellness, um, all factors that, that create a healthier workforce and help, help people um, come to work. And then finally, we looked at benefits that drive better workplace wellness. And we found that professional development was right at the top. This, again, is an indicator of how much you value employees, their careers with your company. And so focusing on helping employees um, with, their, with their careers, developing the skills that they need to be successful, um, creating great uh, managerial programs or, or building the capabilities of your managers can help foster the professional development that your employees are looking for. Other factors that can foster and support workplace wellness include things like critical illness and injury insurance, and then decision support, helping employees make better decisions about health and financial wellness. You know, compressed work weeks also can be a factor in driving workplace wellness. So if you can, could consider offering a shortened work week, 10 hour days, four days a week can be a, a, a great way to drive workplace wellness. Again, giving people more time to spend um, doing the, the other things that are important in their, in their lives. We also took a look at the data from the perspective of what employers told us they value the most. And it was really pretty surprising and revealing. It shows that there's a disconnect actually between what employers value and some of these workforce benefits shown on this slide that we know will drive the desired workforce outcomes. So if you look at employers' top five most valuable benefits through the ones with the, the blue dots, employers get it right for the most part when it comes to retention. So offering these benefits that offer or that allow for increased flexibility, uh, employers got it right. They also uh, got it right when it comes to using PTO to drive better outcomes around presenteeism. However, look at what's in employers' bottom five. Three of these benefits, tuition reimbursement, fitness reimbursement, and student debt employer contributions are not valued or were the least valued by employers in our study. But as you can see, these are benefits that have a significant potential to drive both attraction and presenteeism. So something to think about. And now what I'm highlighting in gray are those top drivers of attraction, retention, presenteeism, and workplace wellness that were not identified as valuable by employers. So you can see just how significant the disconnect has been. And so I encourage you to reflect and think about which of these programs are you offering today that you might want to just do a better job of communicating, building better awareness so that employees and prospective employees are aware that you're offering them. Think about how these programs can, can help you achieve the outcomes you're looking for. And if you're not offering them today, think about how you might want to start offering them to, to really drive the outcomes that you're looking for. What a great opportunity for those of you in benefits 
roles to partner with your talent development and talent management teams to foster the better outcomes for, for your workforce and for your organizations. So we've thrown a lot of information, a lot of data at you. You may be wondering, what do we do next? So we'll walk you through some ideas. Yeah, thanks, Kate. I think um, it would be great to go back to the, to the new frontier framework and those pillars and, and drive down a little bit more uh, in terms of the impact that each one uh, can have in plan design and strategy. Uh, going back to the, the, the first one, promoting diversity and inclusion. And again, this is through uh, plan design and, and elements of, of um, how they're communicated, uh, how to ensure that, that the opportunities and the inclusivity is embedded in, in those types of programs. One of the hottest topics right now for me and the clients and, and folks that I'm talking to is really at the highest level. And it's starting with uh, a review of, of the essential total rewards uh, philosophy um, and uh, how that is currently designed. A lot of companies say, yeah, we have, we have, a, a, we have a comp philosophy, um, but um, you know, we haven't really looked at it in, in many years. And that all of these trends and changes that are occurring in the workforce are, I think, having companies step back a little bit uh, and think about you know, what are those core stakes in the ground they've established in the past? And those are usually driven in your core philosophy and strategy. And if anything, um, those are um, uh, elements that you can use for alignment purposes with your leadership team to get everybody sort of grounded in the same principles and what you're trying to drive as an organization, which obviously impacts culture. Um, and then also through plan design, specific elements of plan design. So some of the things that we're seeing is, is changes in, in, for example, equity programs, um, uh, equity programs being uh, eligibility and, and participation being uh, driven deeper into the, into the organization. That certainly helps from an engagement perspective in fostering inclusivity. There's lots of examples um, as it relates to um, types of changes to plan design that can be tied to that. There's specific actions that you can take too. Um, pay equity assessments. Um, this is the, the, pro the process of uh, determining if you have pay gaps um, versus various segments of, of your workforce that need to be fixed uh, to be more inclusive and, and frankly, creating a more equitable work culture. Um, there's processes that, that we have here uh, that can help assist with that. Um, but there's not only pay equity, you know, compensation related elements to this. It also applies to benefits. Um, you can conduct a, a benefits equity assessment, uh, and this will help uh, get, give you a better understanding of employee sentiment around your benefits programs and utilization. It's, a, it's an analysis uh, that goes into great detail uh, and helps the outcome of this helps you build a roadmap. Um, it identifies gaps and then uh, helps you build a roadmap to uh, improve your overall um, approach to, to benefits offering, but also the inclusivity. Um, we're going to have a, a, a breakout session uh, here um, as a part of our summit, uh, specifically on this, uh, and I would encourage you to, to attend that. The, the fourth element um, is, again, the thing I'm passionate about, communication. Um, this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, and the, as said before, there's lots of new and different ways that you can package information to employees. And it's really understanding the, the, the content of information and then how those various segments of your workforce like to receive their information. What would be most effective to have them truly get to that stage of not just 
awareness, but true understanding. Um, so, so thinking about inclusive communication really helps you think about how you're going to touch your audience and, and get the most bang for, for those communications. So let's talk for a few minutes about an expanding well-being, another great way to drive the kind of employee experience that you're looking for. So flexibility, we know that employees care a lot about when, where, and how they work. So if you can offer that kind of flexibility, remote working, for example, hybrid work models, um, that can be a very uh, popular and, and a good way of giving employees the opportunity to um, drive their own outcomes, to, to have the flexibility that they need to do their best at work and to balance work and life. PTO is another popular benefit. I know that's nothing new, but if you offer at least two weeks of PTO or and or um, extend PTO paid time off to uh, more employees in your organization, we see in our data that that can drive better outcomes, better uh, attraction and retention rates. Financial wellness benefits are also really important drivers of um, employee attraction and retention. So things like um, student debt repayment uh, from employers, um, increasing stock grants, driving vesting of stock grants further into your organization can be a great way of fostering financial wellness for more people, for more employees in your organization. In particular, some organizations are using this to attract young, um, young, a young workforce and, and new talent. Um, another client of ours is using the employee stock purchase plan as a wealth building tool. And instead of communicating it as a benefit that um, is offered at a discount, they communicate it in a way similar to a 401k plan where the, the company um, offers this benefit and you get to, to buy in and the company um, gives you money to also purchase stock. So it's a little twist on, on an old, old uh, tried and true program, but it's driving better outcomes and higher participation and therefore helping employees build their, their financial wellness. Another idea that I love uh, that companies are starting to use is a boomerang bonus. So using bonuses to draw back employees who've left the organization. We, we haven't only heard about the, the great resignation, we're starting to hear about the great regret. So if you have top talent that has left your organization that you want to draw back, you might consider a boomerang bonus for them. And it can be another great way to drive and foster financial wellness. Career support is another great way to foster well-being. I mentioned earlier that professional development is a top driver of workplace wellness. When you think about um, things like career pathing and career support, we see in our, our value of benefits study that that is the number one driver of trust. Out of 59 total benefits surveyed that we looked at, it's the number one driver of trust in an organization. It demonstrates that you care about your employees, that you care about their futures, that you're investing in them. So if you're going to do one thing and focus on one thing over the coming months, I encourage you to think about how you can, you can foster that kind of career support. And then finally, there are things like lifestyle spending accounts. You may have heard of these. Um, you know, we're familiar with FSAs, for example, but lifestyle spending accounts are, are a twist on that idea. 
basically an employer gets to choose um, a new a new employer sponsored fund, puts money aside, typically five hundred to a thousand dollars into an account, and as an employer, you can decide how narrow or broad you want the benefit to be. So you decide which types of programs employees can can use through the spending account. Um, We've seen some companies focus it as narrowly as fitness reimbursement. Others have really broadened it to think about things or offer programs like um, helping pay for pet expenses, or national park passes. I think that's such a creative uh, approach to a- a- encouraging employees to to get out there in nature to to focus on their own well being in ways that matter to them that are meaningful to them. So another another new idea, hopefully for you to think about. Delivering virtually again is is one of the, the key trends, and it's um, really I think one of those areas that um, is is really kind of a, an open uh, playing field to to really get creative and and innovative um, in lots of different ways. There's multiple ways in which uh, you can uh, think about getting those key points of, of content and information out to improve overall employee awareness and understanding. But it's really about education, right? This is about education because it's directly tied to engagement. Um, A few examples for this um, are uh, peer-to-peer channels. Uh, So lots of organizations, you may have things like employee resource groups um, as a part of your organization. Uh, This is um, sort of company facilitated opportunities for employees to to come together um, to talk about things that are most important to them, perhaps from a social or or cultural aspect. Um, This uh, is really a a two way street, uh, I find, um, in that it helps uh, the company show support um, and um, um, belief in, in that particular topic. Um, which helps from an engagement perspective. But information that's discussed, discovered as a part of those groups actually can flow upwards as well and come back to the organization. So again, uh, all in the idea of of improving uh, the overall uh, employee experience. Social media is a great way to reach employees. Um, you know, everybody has some sort of device these days that uh, they constantly have with them. Um, and it's a, it's a great way to, to um, have a frequency um, aspect to, to the communications. Things like clients using TikTok or, or other social media platforms um, that, that can, uh, you know, you can ping employees in, in bursts, so to speak, um, to help them uh, deliver the message because you know, one of the keys to success in communications is the repeatability of it. Um, and using a platform like this is, is a great way to do that, right? Um, and, and just continue to, to deliver those messages out there. One of the, one of the interesting trends right now, you know, as, as Kate just described, um, is total rewards statements. This isn't necessarily a new topic. Uh, total reward statements have been around for a while. But what we're doing with a lot of our clients and, and um, is thinking about new and different ways in which to leverage that. Um, and one of the interesting ones, uh, and we're using this with a few clients, is, is not actually on the retention side. So, so the sort of the, the statement that captures everything that the employee received from their employer for the work that they do. Um, but it's also being used now more proactively, meaning it's during the recruitment process. 
uh, it's uh, putting together a, a statement, somewhat pro forma, that you that recruiters can use to say, hey, you know, uh, we talk about these these benefits that you might get or these elements of compensation that you may get if you come to work for us. Um, oftentimes, they're bullets. But the statement actually sort of pulls it all together and wraps it in a bow and puts to a certain degree a value to that so that the employee can really see, wow, I, I see the advantage of, of coming to work for you versus where I'm at uh, today. Very, very interesting and powerful utilization of, of that kind of platform. There are online decision support tools. Um, you know, there's lots of vendors. There's, there's ways in which other parties can help um, uh, you as an organization. Uh, deliver that information. Uh, and then lastly, you know, gig work. Um, this is um, a model in which, um, you know, organizations are really having to align themselves. Um, and it's enabling employees to um, participate, sign up, um, engage in, in work projects uh, that give them an opportunity to learn more, to increase their skills. Um, uh, the, there is a, a shift uh, starting, you know, between looking at the, the job is a specific stiff thing to something that's more applicable to skills uh, and how that employee aligns to those skills. And so that's all related to gig work. And so that's a big part of, of this aspect of delivery virtually as well. Finally, when I think about managing cost and risk, this is about supporting better decision-making and outcomes. And I think we all know listening is so important. That's key to any relationship, and it's particularly important to building a relationship with your employees. So listening to their needs, using things like um, pulse surveys or virtual focus groups to better understand where they are, what, what do they need from you? What are their pain points and how can you help uh, address those pain points through the programs that you offer. It's really important. Evaluating your programs to think about what are the outcomes that you're looking to achieve and which are the programs that can best help you do that. We shared some really valuable data today around our value of benefits study. We encourage you, don't throw things out just because they're not utilized. For example, you might have low utilization around some programs, but, but they might be programs that are doing the most to drive employee attraction or retention. Just knowing that you offer some of these benefits can drive retention. So don't throw, don't throw things out just because you, you don't think that you're getting the type of utilization that you want. Uh, we hope that you'll use the data that we shared today to help drive some decisions around programs that you might want to communicate more or programs that you might want to offer. Support, we talked about, is so important. We've talked about the burnout employees are experiencing. We've talked about how um, career development, workplace um, programs that support employees' careers and career pathing are indicators, strong indicators of what you value and how you value your employees and their contributions. And so we ask you and encourage you to continue to think about how you can support employees through your programs, um, remembering that um, career growth and career pathing and support is a number one driver of trust. So keep that in mind as you're thinking about how you can support employees going forward. And then finally, in terms of building engagement, just remember or, or be aware of, of what employees value what is meaningful to them, and really focus on 
um, demonstrating to employees that you care and, and helping them um, feel like supported, uh, valuable partners in your organization. That above all will help drive the, the kind of engagement that you're looking for from an emotional standpoint. And then you can also think about how to engage employees in the programs that you offer so they can make better decisions about their health, their financial wellness, et cetera. Communication that Andy talked about uh, is so important to driving that engagement. Um, so we encourage you to think about how you can reach and engage your employees in more meaningful ways to, to drive the outcomes that you're looking for. So we have a final question for you to think about, which is what is your biggest opportunity to drive a total rewards renaissance in your organization? Are you going to focus on promoting diversity and inclusion, thinking about how you design and deliver your plans to create and foster a more inclusive workplace? Will you focus in on well-being and expanding programs that foster total well-being and security? Maybe you're going to focus on how you're delivering virtually, creating best-in-class onboarding, education and engagement programs so that you're, you're putting people in touch with the benefits that you offer, building awareness to drive better attraction, retention, engagement, and workplace wellness. Or are you going to focus in on managing cost and risk and just putting people um, in touch with programs and tools that can support better personal decision-making? Maybe you'll focus on a few in all, in all of these categories. And, and if you do, then those can be great ways to foster and drive and elevate a better employee experience. Again, putting people back in the, in the center of, of the story. One, one of the, the best experiences I've had in my life uh, was about eight years ago when, when my wife and I had an opportunity to travel to Italy and we spent a lot of time in Florence. And uh, many of you may recognize uh, Florence's uh, iconic cathedral, uh, the Duomo. It's, it's an amazing architectural structure uh, with a fantastic, huge terracotta dome. And it was designed by an architect um, named uh, Filippo Brunelleschi. Uh, and it's amazing in its representation through architecture of, of uh, the creativity and um, and, and the, basically the Renaissance movement that was happening at that time. And what Brunelleschi was trying to do um, through architecture was find a way to attract people, to bring people in, uh, to engage them. And I can tell you firsthand, being there and, and, and getting that environment and looking at it, it, it has that effect on you. Um, and I think the parallel to that and what we're talking about today um, is that there's lots of opportunities for us through our reward program design, our benefits program strategy and design to do exactly what Brunelleschi was trying to do, to draw people in, to attract them, to focus on their overall well-being. And I think through, uh, through the creative things that we can do, we all have an opportunity to be like Filippo Brunelleschi uh, and design our own Duomos. So thank you all for joining today. We appreciate your time and we, we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Benefits That Benefit podcast by Fidelity. We hope you learned a lot from this episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. We'd also love to hear from you. So leave a rating and a review to let us know what you think. 
Lastly, if you'd like to read more about our research and insights on what we now call the Great Recalibration, head to our website at go.fidelity.com forward slash recalibration. Thanks again for listening and see you on our next episode. Sponsor use only. Information provided in the podcast is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Views and opinions of the individuals noted are expressed as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions. Fidelity Investments disclaims any liability for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information in this podcast. Consult your tax or financial advisor for information concerning your specific situation. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal, non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. The trademarks and service marks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. Keep in mind that investing involves risk. The value of your investment will fluctuate over time and you may gain or lose money. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. Copyright 2022, FMR, LLC. All rights reserved.